Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. This week, we are excited to feature Jonathan Kahn. Today, James Collins visits with the best-selling author and Bible teacher about The Harbinger. Tomorrow, we'll begin a four-part series with Jonathan Kahn, teaching from his brand new book and DVD, Return of the Gods. Make sure you don't miss a moment of this week's programs. We're also excited to announce that the Southwest Radio Church calendar is here. This year, we're focusing on the Jewish roots of Christianity. The script for the calendar was written by Larry Stamm and is based on his book, Jewish Roots of Christianity. This year, our calendar is a 16-month calendar and features all major biblical Jewish and Israeli holidays plus U.S. holidays. Friends, you will be blessed by the gorgeous photos and artwork. Each month spotlights an event in Jewish history and prophecy. And I'm excited to announce that part of the proceeds from each calendar go to the Onesimus Prison Ministry. When you order a calendar, a calendar is also sent to a prisoner. Order the 16-month Jewish Roots of Christianity calendar today, 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144, or order online, swrc.com. And remember, for every calendar you order, a calendar will be given to a prisoner free of charge. Order the brand new 16-month calendar today. Call 1-800-652-1144. Now, let's begin this special week of programs by joining James Collins and our very special guest, Jonathan Kahn. I'm very excited to have Rabbi Jonathan Kahn on the Watchman on the Wall today. Back in 2011, Jonathan caused a national stir with the release of the New York Times bestseller, The Harbinger. He is known as a prophetic voice in this generation and for opening up the deep mysteries of God. All six of his books have become New York Times bestsellers. The Harbinger, The Mystery of the Shemitah, The Book of Mysteries, The Paradigm, The Oracle, and his latest bestseller, The Harbinger 2. Jonathan, welcome back to The Watchman on the Wall. Thanks for joining me today. Great to be with you, James. Hey, I recently heard you share your testimony. You have a fascinating story. Now, you were raised in a Jewish home. At age eight, you became an atheist. Somewhere along the way, you read The Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey, and you were hit by a train. God literally had to hit you with a train to get your attention. How did you become a follower of Christ? Would you share your story? Well, yeah, you did a good job right there, but yes. My father came from Germany. He escaped Hitler, and I was raised in a kind of liberal Jewish home where, you know, we went to synagogue, I went to Hebrew school, but it wasn't really a lot of belief. But, you know, I was taught that there was a God. When I was eight years old, I said, how do we know that? I didn't see any signs in the synagogue of the God of the Bible being alive in the synagogue. It was a big disconnect between the God who spoke and moved and showed himself to what the synagogue was kind of, you know, it was tradition, but it wasn't that. So I said, okay, how do we know there's any God? Maybe there's three gods. How do we know? So I became an atheist. And that lasted until I started going deeper and I started losing faith in atheism. I said, that doesn't work. There's got to be something. There has to be a reason why we're here. It can't be for nothing. There's got to be something behind it. And so I started seeking everything, science, religion, occult, Nostradamus, UFOs, everything. And one day I picked up a book. I thought it was a UFO book because it looked like it that year. But God tricked me. 
it was a late great planet Earth by Hal Lindsey about end time prophecy and what the Bible had foretold was coming true with Israel and everything else. I had no idea that was in the Bible. And that totally changed my thinking. And so I started telling my friends about it. And all that. But I still was living as a teenager would live, and I was reading other things too. But as I started going on, I said, wait a minute, there's not, the Bible is the only thing. None of these hold up as the Bible. And then it got deeper. That was such the Bible. It's Jesus, you know, there's one person it's all converging on. I looked at the Bible we had in our home, our Hebrew Scriptures, and it spoke about the Messiah coming and dying for our sins and being born in Bethlehem. All these things I thought were Catholic were in our Bible. This was the Messiah. So I realized that, and then I realized I can't just be telling people about this, because I'm telling people about it, and I'm leading them to the Lord, but I don't know. I'm not saved, but I'm telling them, and their lives are changing. So finally, I got to the point where I'm not right with God, but I don't really want to give my life to the Lord, because I thought if I give my life, I got to join a monastery, and that's the end of my life. <laughs> so I made a deal with God. I said, if you give me a long life, and I will accept you when I'm about to die on my deathbed. So that was my deal with God. And so right after that, I almost got killed twice. The first time was a car accident. It was a miracle that I didn't get killed. And the second time, I was heading to a train track in a Ford Pinto. These are the cars that used to blow up. You know, you touch them the wrong way, and they blow up. So I'm in this car, and it's at night, and there was no barrier. There was nothing. It was a dangerous place. People had been killed there. And the light is going on, but all the other cars on the other side are crossing. So I said, well, maybe the train already passed, or it's a broken light, or... I go forward, and I see a light on my left, but it doesn't look like it's moving because it was the train coming head on. I was on the track, and I did not even realize it because there was no barrier. The road was all in kind of shambles, so I was on in the path of the train. And so I said, well, you know, I might be too close. Let me try to back up just to be safe. But now there are headlights in back of me. And so I backed up about a foot, and I thought, well, I'm just being extra safe. I was still in the path of the train. And I'm waiting for the train, and the train comes and slams into the car. The front of the car gets crushed. It was like aluminum foil. And the only thing I could do at that moment was call out to God. And so I did. And the car was destroyed. And I didn't get a scratch. And I said, okay, God, that was close. I said, so that was like strike two. So I realized my life was just by a hair, was eternity. And so I said, Lord... Can we renegotiate? <laughs> yeah. And so I came up with a new plan. I said, a new deal. I said, okay, I'll accept you when I turn 20. Just give me till then and don't kill me until then. And so on my 20th birthday, which was about a little less than a year away, my 20th birthday, I didn't know how to do it. I remember in Hebrew school, God met people on the mountain. So I found a mountain. I went up the mountain. And there on the top of the mountain, I kneeled down and gave my life to the Lord. Amen. And so, you know, it says Jews need signs. I needed a locomotive train. Amen. Well, I want to thank you for having the courage to speak the truth. Back in January of 2021, you issued a mind-blowing prophetic message for the newly elected U.S. President Joe Biden. Although many tried to censor that message, it still has been seen over four million times. Tell me about that message. I've been asked to speak at the presidential inaugural prayer breakfast the last few times. And I've always said, okay, I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to do whatever the Lord says, because that is the chance he gave me. So it happened. But now with COVID, they asked me to do something online. And I did something. And I said, you know what? I have to do something just to put it out there as the president comes in, because we are at such a precipice. So I just recorded. I said, okay, you know, I'm just doing this. I figured it would just be, you know, it's kind of in the beat time. I'll just put 
this message out to Joe Biden. I think it says, I don't know if it says Jonathan Khan message to Joe Biden. And it immediately, like in a day, was a million views. And then something weird happened. As we typed it in, we couldn't get it. Even if we had the title, we couldn't get it. YouTube had shadow banned it. You know, it's still there somewhere, but they cut off all the roads to get there. So you can't really get there. So what happened, it was gone. And then finally they put it back. You know, we complained and they put it back. But it went totally viral, even with them trying to ban it. So I believe the Lord just will get his word out, but also that we cannot hold back. Because there's a big push by the culture to silence the truth and silence believers. And the worst thing we can do is go along with that and keep silent. All the more the world, this culture, needs the truth, and we have to be the watchmen. Well, I want to talk about The Harbinger. The book was released back in 2011, and for those who have not read the book, what is The Harbinger? Yeah, The Harbinger, the subtitle is The Ancient Mystery That Holds the Secret of America's Future. And this is the first book I ever wrote. I knew I had to write it. I knew I had to get it out. I knew this was the Lord. And that is this, that in the last days of ancient Israel, there were nine harbingers, or nine prophetic signs of warning, warning the nation of judgment and destruction if it didn't turn back to God. The amazing thing, the stunning thing, is those same nine harbingers have now been reappearing on American soil. Some have appeared in New York City. Some have appeared in Washington, D.C. Some have involved ceremonies. Some have involved American leaders, even the president. It is warning America that America is now the nation in danger of judgment. And now is the time we are in that we have to come back to God or head to judgment. And the thing is that since the Harbinger came out, The Harbingers have not stopped appearing, number one. But number two, the mystery that's in there has not stopped unfolding. In fact, I've looked back. There's a chapter called in the Harbinger called Things to Come, and we're there. And so it has continued. So it is a crucial biblical mystery that is affecting every one of us and will affect us for the days to come. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 10 reads, The bricks are fallen down, but we will build with hewn stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we will change them into cedars. Help us understand the context. Set the stage for those last days of ancient Israel. This was a nation that had once known God and now had been turning away from God, now racing away from God. And so God sends warning to them to call them back. And he sends them prophets. They don't listen. He said, so finally, something happens. And this is the first stage of biblical national judgment. There's a template. And it happens this way with, this is the northern kingdom of ancient Israel. Happened with the southern kingdom, same thing. Years before the nation's destruction, there comes a warning in the form of a strike on the land. An enemy breaches the land. The hedge of protection is lifted temporarily. A strike on the land. Now, the strike is to shake them, is to wake them up, call them back. But the thing is that it's temporary, and it happens, and it is to get their attention. Well, it happened in 732 B.C. to ancient Israel. At that time, Isaiah is given a word, and that's the word you just read, which is Isaiah 9.10, which is the key scripture of unlocking the mystery of the harbingers. And it says the bricks have fallen, well, that was one of the signs, in the attack, but the people, instead of repenting and coming back to God, they say, but we're coming back stronger without God. In other words, instead of saying, hey, we're humbled, we're wrong, we're coming back, we're going to turn, we're going to change, 
they say, you know what, we're going to come back even stronger than before. We're going to build with quarried stone instead of bricks. And then it says the sycamores were cut down, and we're going to plant stronger trees. We're coming back. We're not listening to you, God. We're defying you, and we're going to come back in defiance. So that's what happens to ancient Israel. And then a number of years later, they are destroyed, okay, because they didn't listen to the harbingers. So the thing is that in that verse are revealed the harbingers that have come to America. America is also a nation that has known God, but has turned away. We are rapidly racing away from God, just like ancient Israel. Actually, America was founded after the pattern of ancient Israel, but now we are replaying the fall of ancient Israel. And now the judgment of ancient Israel is beginning on America. And it begins with that strike on the land. The nation's hedge of protection is lifted. An enemy makes a strike, and that is 9-11. And 9-11 is where the mystery of the harbinger begins, where all nine harbingers are going to come out of what began at 9-11. And the thing is that, you know, James, I was standing on the corner of Ground Zero, and that's when the whole thing began. I saw this object, and something said, you have to seek what this means. There's a mystery here. And I looked it up in the Bible, and it started unfolding and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. One puzzle piece, the next puzzle piece. And like when I didn't know what the next thing was, someone would say the word, it would be the next one. Or I typed something in my computer, and my computer would give me something that I didn't even ask for. But it was the answer to the next harbinger. All nine harbingers have come to America. And the other thing is America, after 9-11, did the same thing that ancient Israel did, instead of repenting and turning back to God, we said, we're going to come back stronger without him. And instead of revival, we thought there was going to be revival. Instead of revival, America has gotten worse and is now racing away from God and to judgment, and the harbingers have appeared. Well, you mentioned the breach, and in the harbinger you write about the breach. What is the breach? The breach is that first opening up, really the first sign of judgment. The breach of the nation's hedge. It is lifted with the attack. Now, the thing is that, so you have 9-11. That's the beginning of it. But the second harbinger is the terrorist. It wasn't just an attack by enemies. They were actually terrorists that attacked ancient Israel. The fathers of terrorism, the Assyrians, were the ones who brought it, the attack, and they are the fathers of terrorism. Every terrorist in some way is linked to Assyria by them being the fathers. So what happened is 9-11 wasn't just an attack. It was an attack of terrorist, because that is the sign, the sign of the terrorist. And actually, they came from the same part of the world. They came from the Middle East, like the Assyrians, and they probably had some that had the blood of the Assyrians in them, and the Assyrians carried out the attack on Israel and using the language of Akkadian. Well, Akkadian is extinct, but its sister language still exists to this day. The sister language to Akkadian is Arabic. So 9-11 was carried out in the sister language of the ancient Assyrians that did it. So then you just read it, it said the bricks are fallen. So one of the harbingers is a harbinger of the fallen bricks, falling buildings. Well, 9-11, what was the sign? The falling buildings, the, the Twin Towers, all there. A sign that represented a America in its height. The warning is, America doesn't come back to God. It's going to collapse just like that building did that represented America. Then it said, but we will rebuild with quarried stone. Now, what happened is they began rebuilding ground zero. And they said, hey, we're going to come back stronger and bigger in America, just like ancient Israel did. But the stone that's mentioned in Isaiah is called the Gazit stone. It's a specific kind of stone. It's a biblical, rectangular, massive block of stone. That's what it means. Well, at 9-11, a massive stone, a Gazit stone, came to 9-11. It actually was ground zero. 
actually was lowered onto ground zero. They had a ceremony around the stone. It was a biblical Gazette stone. The governor of New York said, we're doing this in defiance. I mean, just like it's replaying the mystery. So you have that. Then you have the sycamore has been struck down. That was one of the signs that happened. Well, in 9-11, as the last tower is coming down, a beam from the northern tower comes across the sky, strikes an object. The object is a tree. It's a sycamore growing at ground zero. The sycamore was struck down, biblical sign of national judgment. And then they say, we're going to replant it with another tree. Well, the tree in Hebrew is called the Erez tree. Well, a few years after 9-11, a tree appears in the sky. It's being lowered down to the ground into the same spot where the sycamore stood. It is a biblical Erez tree. And they have a ceremony. They say, this is we're coming back. And they plant it where the sycamore stood, exactly as it happened. Now, even going further, one of the signs is that a national leader will actually make this vow. Well, on the day after 9-11, on Capitol Hill, America makes its response to 9-11. And the Senate Majority Leader gives America's response. At the end of his speech, Tom Daschle, he says, there is a scripture from Isaiah that speaks to us now. And then out of his mouth to America, he says, the bricks have fallen, but we will rebuild it. He, word for word, he says the ancient vow that brought judgment to Israel on the day after. And he says, this is what we're going to do. And he has no idea, though. As he's saying it, he speaks about a sycamore being struck down. He doesn't know there actually is a tree right there that's been struck down. He says, we're going to plant this tree. He's like prophetic. He says, we're going to put that stone. It all will happen. And he says, we're going to do it. It's a sign that America was actually going to defy God. It's an ominous warning of what is yet to come. That's just a little taste how the ancient mystery has been replaying in America in exact detail. Well, I've appreciated and followed your ministry for years. You have a great talent for revealing biblical truth in a fiction narrative. And we see that again in the Harbinger 2 with the return of the character, the prophet. What is the Harbinger 2 and how did it come to you and and what does it reveal? Well, when I wrote the Harbinger, the first book, I knew that there was more. I knew that there was more to reveal. And the mystery has not stopped. What the Harbinger said is literally coming true. And I had to reread it to look at when it says, for instance, there's a chapter called Things to Come, and we're in it. So first of all, there are things that I never put into the Harbinger that happened back then or that were revealed back then. It was just too much to put in. So that was the first part. So the first part of the Harbinger 2 is called The Unrevealed. Things that happened with 9-11 and biblical things that are affecting us to this day that I never have revealed up to this day. The second part is called The Manifestations, and that is what has happened since 9-11 and since I wrote The Harbinger, how the Harbingers continue to be manifested. What has happened to America? And that's what it reveals, and the answer is yes. And the last one is called The Coming, and that is about what's happening right now. I mean, from the plague that's come on America and all these things, could it be part of the shame? What's behind what's happening? Is it linked to the Harbinger? You know, before this COVID thing came to America, I was praying at the end of 2019, what's the next book? And, and I strongly got from the Lord that it was going to be Harbinger too, that a shaking was coming to America, and it was going to be the continuation of the mystery that began with the Harbinger. And I had to write the book to get to God's people, to let them know what is happening, where is it going, and how to be prepared. So the things that you wrote in the Harbinger are now coming true, correct? Yeah, there is a thing about what happened to ancient Israel, and we spoke about when that first strike comes, but that wasn't the end of the warning of judgment. That was the beginning. And then the nation is given like a window of time to come back to God. 
And if it doesn't come back to God, the shakings are greater shakings are going to come upon it. And with ancient Israel, they didn't come back. They got worse. They defied God. They raced away now from God. Well, that's exactly what's happening to America. And it was all foreshadowed in the Harbinger that actually ancient vow of judgment that actually Tom Daschle, the Senate Majority Leader, actually pronounced on America without knowing what he was doing on the day after 9-11. Well, it said that had everything in it, saying that actually America is going to defy God and it's going to head to judgment. I mean, we pray for revival, but that's what's happened so far. And so, yes, everything is coming true in amazing ways, but yes, it is all coming true. What are some of the prophetic signs concerning 9-11 that you never revealed until this book? give you an example. One of the things that happened in the biblical pattern of judgment with a nation is that when judgment begins, the nation's foundations are exposed, the nation's powers are shaken, and its foundations are exposed. You'll find that in the prophets. I'll tell you what that is. One of the great powers of America is its military power. Well, one of the things that happened on 9-11, of course, is that one of the things that was struck was the Pentagon, the sign of military power. But the question is, First of all, when did America become the military superpower? When did it begin of the world? It began in 1941 when it entered the Second World War. Mm-hmm. It quadrupled its military, you know, began and entered the war. It would come out of that war as the superpower, you know, military superpower of the world. Well, 1941 is the same year that America built a new building for its military. It was the Pentagon. And the Pentagon marked the rise of America's power. So the question is, so when was the Pentagon exactly built? When was it begun? The Pentagon was begun on the morning of September 11th, 9-11. The ancient mystery, the judgment returns to the foundation, and the message is that America's powers come from God. If it turns away from God, if it doesn't turn back, that power will crumble. That was a sign, the breaching of the Pentagon. I'll throw this in about a similar thing. The other great power of America is its economic power. That began much earlier. It was a gradual thing. It actually began with the birth of New York City, which was the center of America's economic power. When did New York City begin? Well, it began when Henry Hudson came up that river and discovered Manhattan. And so when was that? New York City was born on 9-11, September 11th. Same thing. The ancient judgment that all our blessings come from God, but if we do not turn back, those blessings are going to be removed. Now, let me tell you another one, James. I'm just going to give a taste of some of the unrevealed. But a few days before 9-11 came, there was a scripture that was chanted throughout every synagogue in the world, because there's an appointed scripture for every Sabbath from ancient times. And so there was an appointed scripture, and there's so many Jewish people in New York City, so it was all over New York City that they were opening up the scrolls and chanting a scripture. What was the scripture that was appointed that was going to lead into the week of 9-11? The scripture was where God warns Israel, a nation, that if it turns away from him, there's going to come judgment. Its blessings will be removed, and judgment will come. And one of the judgments it speaks about is that an enemy will come from a faraway land and will come upon the land, as happened in 9-11, and he will come like an eagle flying upon the land. An eagle, well, so 9-11 came, the enemy came as an eagle on the land. And literally, the Hebrew says, will come an eagle swooping down on the land. And so every plane of 9-11 came swooping down as an eagle swooping down. One of the biblical signs of judgment is that when the enemy comes, as an eagle swooping down. Now, the thing is, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff that were fulfilled in 9-11 that were in that scripture, which I won't go into, but the other thing is, the plane that began 9-11, on the back, it had an image. The image was an image of an eagle swooping 
down the biblical sign of judgment and the same scripture that was chanted throughout New York City just before it happened. I'll throw in one more of the unrevealed, and there's many, and that is that the sign of warning when judgment's coming for the Bible, or when the enemy's coming to a city to attack the city, is the sign of the trumpet, the shofar. Well, people don't realize this, but on the morning of 9-11, all over the northeast of America, the ancient sound of the watchman, the warning that the enemy was coming to attack the city from the Bible, was sounded throughout the northeast of America was sounding. And it actually, I won't go into why and how this happened, but it started sounding in the places where the terrorists were when they were there. It started first sounding in Portland, Maine. That was the terrorists were there. Then it started sounding in Boston, where the terrorists were there. Then it started sounding in New York City, the warning, all over New York City, the warning. And then it started sounding in Washington. It all happened according to an ancient biblical mystery, but it was all there. And the sign of the watchman to America that it was all sounding long before the Pentagon had any idea there was an attack. God's ancient sign was sounding. The trumpets are sounding even now, and America is not listening. That's the warning. I'll give you another one of the manifestations happened in New York City, and that is that one of the signs of a nation under judgment in Israel's last days is a sign of false gods start appearing in the land. You know, this happened with Ezekiel. He was shown an image of a god on a wall, and what happened was God said, I'm going to bring judgment now. So, could the sign of the fall of the gods appear in America? Well, America would never say we're following gods, but we are following gods. When you drive out God, we are following gods, but we don't manifest them. We just follow them. I mean, America. So, the amazing thing is, it all appeared, James. The image appeared of the false god in New York City. It was the largest image of a false god on planet Earth, and it appeared at the head alone was over 300 feet high. They projected the image of the god Kali on the Empire State Building. The Empire State Building became, in a sense, like an idol. It became a false god. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah, what are those who put light for darkness and darkness for light? Well, we literally put light to project the god of Kali, which is the god of darkness, over New York City. And on that same day, it hovered over New York City, that same day was a Sabbath, and the appointed word that was chanted throughout New York City and all the synagogues appointed was God warning the nation, do not make an image of a false god. This is linked to judgment. So it happened. And the thing is, the god Kali was also the god of death and destruction, now looming over New York City. What does the future hold? Is there any hope? And what should we as believers be doing now? If America doesn't turn back, we are heading to judgment. We are heading to destruction if we do not turn back. But there's always hope with God, but the hope is with us. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their evil ways, I'll hear from heaven, I'll heal their land, I will forgive their sins. But we have to pray as never before. There can be revival, but it's got to begin with us. So we have to go full blast as never before, as if the future of this nation and the world depended on it, because it does. But revival starts with us, and the thing is, it starts with each of us. Turn away when you're listening. Whatever you have to do, put out of your life what you have to put out of your life. Get into your life what you have to do. Repent where you have to repent, and revival will begin in your life. And no matter what happens in America, you be the light. When the dark gets darker, the lights of God shine brighter. So this is the time to rise and shine. Today we have an exciting collection featuring Jonathan Kahn's best-selling books, The Harbinger, 
the Harbinger Companion with Study Guide, and the Harbinger 2. Plus, we also have the Harbinger Decoded DVD and the Harbinger 2 Uncensored DVD set. All of these Jonathan Kahn resources, three books and two DVD sets, can be yours today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order this collection online, swrc.com. Tomorrow, we start a special four-day series featuring Jonathan Kahn teaching from his brand new book and DVD series, The Return of the Gods. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. Thank you.